we can do whatever we want under the umbrella of Hi TV, this is Woo. And collaboratively, we do play. We play with materials, we play with supply chain, we play with design and making. This is Object, a podcast about design and contemporary craft in Australia. I'm your host, Lisa Carl from the Australian Design Centre. In this series, we'll go behind the scenes of Australia's richest award for contemporary craft and design, the MAKE Award, Biennial Prize for Innovation in Australian Craft and Design. In this episode, you'll meet three designer makers who work and play together, designing and making clothing and a whole lot more. The Fung Sisters, also known as High Tea with Mrs Wu. Their work, The Resilience Coat, is a finalist in the Make Award. You can see a photo of the coat in your podcast app and it's on our website too, australiandesigncentre.com slash podcast. Angela, Juliana and Rowena talk about the inspiration behind their entry. Hi, Rowena, Juliana and Angela. It's great to have you with us. Can I ask you to start by introducing yourselves? We are the three sisters behind High Tea with Mrs Wu. My name's Rowena. My name's Juliana. Uh, I am Angela and I am the optimist. Rowena, our elder sister, is the realist and Juliana, our middle sister, is the pessimist. (laughs) We are three very passionate sisters that have a common love for clothing and how clothing can be a way we can express ourselves but also to be really thoughtful in the world. Absolutely. We are essentially a clothing label slash business, retailer, manufacturer, design team, mending, workshop making, trio that really focuses on sustainability and ethical production. You're also, you know, a powerhouse of design and making and creativity. So it's fantastic to have you talking with me today for our podcast. Thank you very much for having us. So you're three sisters who work together in business and design. Let's talk about the design first. What kind of work do you make? We make clothing, essentially. Women's clothing. Broadly speaking, we would be considered a fashion label. Although we don't see ourselves that way so much, there's not really a category there for what we do. We sit somewhere in the middle of fashion and clothing design and craft practice. So tell me about your childhood. Were you encouraged to follow a creative path? Is that something that began when you were kids and has followed you right through? Juliana? We all um, grew up in and remember, because we were born in Malaysia, our grandfather owned a goldsmith jewellery store. It's one of those old shopfront homes where the business is downstairs and all the family lived upstairs and beyond. So talking about a dozen family members living in one place. And every holidays and Chinese New Year, we would go back to visit our grand grandparents. So our grandfather, he was always working with his hands. So we, as kids, were always peeking and he might be washing or changing things and all sorts of things like that. I guess that kind of studio-based environment we were very used to and fond of. And we came to Australia when we were in primary school. But coming to Australia, obviously our parents encouraged 
academia. How did that go? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're supposed to be doctors and lawyers and all that. Ange came through. She did economics and commerce, so it's always good to have a business-minded. She wears glasses, by the way, so you can tell that she is obviously the business of this creative practice. But we somehow just got back into using our hands in the making. As migrant family in Newcastle, our parents struggled with income. So mum said, you know, I can't afford to buy clothes So for you guys. So here's a machine, some elastic, and you make pyjama pants. And that's how we started. So you entered the, the award in each of your names as a collective, but also in your business name as well, High Tea with Mrs Wu. And is there a Mrs Wu? (laughs) Everyone thinks that our surname is Wu. (laughs) (laughs) I know, like just to confuse things. (laughs) Mrs Wu is our muse. She really is, from the get-go, I guess it was these really vivacious aunties that aren't actually our aunties because in Malaysian culture, your parents' friends are aunties. Um, So we had a lot of these women in our lives and they were strong, savvy, um, quite outspoken. And we loved that sentiment and we wanted to carry that with us when we came here being migrants. And it was special going to high tea with your aunties. It was so special. Mm. High tea was like going to a, a a fancy hotel and you would have the English high tea set up. But because it's in Malaysia, you know, we have like different kinds of sweet foods, cakes and different kinds of things. So it was like a real mix of East and West, I suppose you could say. And so when we started making clothes 20 years ago, it really was a a dialogue between those two cultures. But as we've evolved and gotten older, we have realised that what we make is evolving with us actually. Exactly. Yeah. So your work, The Resilience Coach, is a finalist in the Australian Design Centre's inaugural Make Award. Congratulations. Thank you. How Thank does you. it feel? Wow, it Rowena. was amazing. We were really, we were so happy and really surprised. I think we usually take these opportunities like for a prize or an award as a point of review because you work in isolation a lot of the times as a maker. So looking at an awards criteria, reading that through and going, oh, okay, I can just stop for a minute and just see where I'm at. Where do we sit in amongst our colleagues and the world of making? Are we moving forward? And it actually makes us think about where we are at in our practice. And so uh, I suppose we approached the award mostly from that point first And then so it's so lovely then to have the surprise of being a finalist. We as judges selected a remarkably beautiful but seemingly very simple garment, a jacket, which is stunning in its design. It's simple but complex. It has a remarkable number of sewn finishes. One of the beautiful things about this garment is that it is architectural, but it has a softness. It has, it's very much of the body, but in its repurposing and recycling of materials, it heralds a new era in not just upcycling, but thinking about the materials from which our garments are made and the way in which comfort 
doesn't have to be at the expense of precious resources. So we love that duality of the objectness of the garment itself and its minimalism, its beautiful white colour. The weave of the garment was really very beautiful. And then the fact that it really convinced us that it would be fabulous to wear. I am Jason Smith, the Director and CEO of Geelong Gallery in Victoria, and I am one of the four judges for the Make Award. So describe the resilience coat for us. The style of the coat is quite universal, I guess. It's long. It allows you to fill it out or wear it oversized. There is a sharp collar which you can flip up or have it relax open. There are... um, recycled brass buttons that come down the front. There's large pockets where you can rest your hands inside and it has long sleeves to cover your arms or you can roll it back up. Within our own range of designs, we all naturally thought it would be the undercover trench duster coat that we already have because it had all the kind of qualities that felt like we could develop into a resilience coat. And when we thought about the criteria for innovation with the Make Award, it was definitely how can we push this? How else can we make what we've already designed better or innovate into it? Ah, Very interesting. The fabric is actually a raw, undyed cotton. There's no treatment. There is generally so much processing. The, The point that we wanted to make with choosing this particular fabric The fact that it's Australian, grown here, cotton is contentious, right? Because there's a lot of issues around water use and so forth. You know, we can go into the whole (laughs) synthetics versus natural, for sure. That's another podcast. That's another (laughs) podcast. But we're really taken by the fact that we can trace it to the farm. Hmm. It's in St. George's, Queensland. They grow a super cotton crop. So the farming practice is regenerative. We know that, okay, we're basically taking this raw material from the ground up. We're making into a garment. We want it to be worn for generations. And the way we've built the garment is that there are patches that are sewn back into the garment that's future-proof the garment so you can use them to continually mend it. And all the bits, like the bits of thread and overlocking that comes out of making a garment, we just put it all back in. Mm. The resilience coat is made entirely from tensile thread, 100% biodegradable, extremely strong. Really? All the labels are also made of organic cotton. So we really are talking about soil to soil, cradle to cradle. The entire thing will decompose and grow back up from the ground into something else, another plant, more more cotton, whatever it is. Mm. Imagine that became fashion. Mm. That became the norm. The trend is that everything we wear is full cycle and we don't have a linear economy. We have a circular economy for clothing. Like this is our dream. In the gallery space, looking at the object in the flesh, it's beautifully made. You know, the materiality is exquisite. It's work that comes out of, I think, a really mature sensibility. They've really found their stride. To have a a, a garment with such a deep thoughtful sense of kind of full life cycle thinking and yes there is the kind of opportunity to kind of mend and use the patches but the consideration of the kind of choices in the first place and their durability and and the sustainable nature of their production 
these are things that we all need to be thinking about. And uh, often we, we rely on artists and creative thinkers to open the door for us. I'm Brian Parks, I'm CEO at Jam Factory in Adelaide, and I'm very pleased to be one of the four judges for the Make Award. I imagine you've all tried the resilience coat on, am I right? Yeah, for sure, yes. (laughs) And how does it feel? It's beautiful to wear, and I think with all clothing, the more you wear it, it'll ease and soften and it will become you. How did you feel when you put it on, Rowena? The jacket is quite weighty. I was really happy with the fact that it had this sort of weight that made you feel like you were protected and comforted at the same time. Angela? The concept behind it really came from quite a momentous experience for us, listening to this beautiful woman, Juliana Nkrumah, who is the head of the African Women's Association, Mm. Hunter New England Health asked us as a community member to um, be part of this panel about race and belonging because we can contribute what it's like to be a migrant family doing something in the community that's a little different and talk about how we how we belong basically in Newcastle the community of Newcastle or possibly how we don't belong (laughs) because I think in talking about race and belonging and what was really fascinating and quite emotional for us is that we realised listening to everyone else on the panel and all the questions as well is that we haven't actually belonged and the way we have tried to find a place is through High Tea with Mrs Wu and through making clothing and the sentiment that Juliana Nkrumah shared with us in this panel, she said in a really strong and brilliant way, every morning I wake up and put on my resilience coat. The three of us in the same moment, we all felt that very deeply. Mm -hmm. For the first time, it it was said in words. And I think everyone in the room felt it. So I think it was a great way to talk about mental health and to talk about the challenges that migrants face and how it does require a lot of resilience to continue to search for a way, a place to, to be, but potentially you may not belong and you might have to find a different way, maybe through a creative practice or maybe through your work or maybe through community assistance or community events to Just place yourself somewhere and find some people that are like-minded. We would all like to think that we can just be ourselves and be really open, but the general state of us all in this culture and society is that we do put something on Mm. to either hide and shield or to protect or maybe to keep us warm and cosy and feel comfort. And so I guess our resilience coat um, is a concept around that. I think it's really interesting what you've just described because your whole practice begins with a story and I think it seems that the Resilience Coat has this story and Mm. I think this story really important to you as a a basis for creating. Yeah, story is pretty much central to everything we do. I think we are quite visual people and we love a good conversation and – even though we are practitioners in the clothing space and our material is textile, 
stories just come in so many different forms and it feels like we can say so much without words and it feels really amazing that a piece of textile, a, a garment or a piece of clothing that someone is wearing can almost bring something out. With this work, it's the concept, obviously, and then also the way they stitch the pieces, I think, is very unique. They're using a cross between a very contemporary uh, styling, but the sewing and the stitching has reference to many different traditional methods. My name is Hei Yang Cho. I've been chosen as the jury member for the 2023 Make Award. I'm currently the chair lady of the oldest academic association known as the Korea Association of Art and Design and also expert panel at the Loewe Foundation Craft Prize. The Make Award is about innovation in design and contemporary craft, contemporary making. How did innovation come into this work? Clothing is just a vehicle for innovation and there's so much possibility in the terms of technology, in pattern cutting, in design thinking and materiality of how we can change the language and the culture of clothing and how it can become a common ground for every single person who wears clothing. And for us in making the Resilience Coat, it was a experiment in presenting a new way of thinking and a new way of um, experiencing clothing in a full cycle and that the wearer becomes an active part of the clothing process because in embedding the parts and the pieces into the garment, the wearer takes on the responsibility of future mending and the wearer also has the opportunity to share that um, knowledge and share the wearing across their family or their friends because it's a mixed size, ungendered, unageist garment. And when the criteria states innovation and extension of practice, it actually was really exciting for us to realise that we are innovating and we are continuing to extend our practice by trying to incorporate technology and new ideas, but also that it's all about our hands. So we are still makers at heart and there is still agriculture at the heart of clothing and material. So what are we doing here that makes this better? What are we doing that innovates either a process or a material or our practice or the way we wear to make it better for us and our children in the future? What's your advice for designers starting a creative practice? You've been in business for 20 years. I think you've probably each got um, a piece of advice that you could give Juliana. I think having some sort of business mind is really important. You can design and create and make, but there are bills and (laughs) there are costs involved. And so that is actually quite crucial if you're running a business. And that's why it's really great that there is the three of us because we can spread that out. Rowan and I studied graphic design and in um, economics and commerce. So it's a real collaboration that has that great mix. And, you know, we have a lot of people that come up to us and they're thinking about starting a business in creative industry. And as much as, yeah, absolutely give it a go. But, yeah, you've got to bear in mind the complexities. Like it's not just straightforward. Angela? I think the 
advice that we would give, and we do think about this a lot with our children now that they're in primary school and we can foresee the great challenges ahead, it's that we have to ask the question, what problems can we solve? There are so many problems in the world and we actually don't really need more stuff. But we have mind power. We have beautiful young individuals and groups who have the ability and the passion to learn new things and we have technology as well. And so I think we would say with your skill set or your interests or develop your skill set, what is the problem you would like to solve? And work towards that and I think try and work together with other people because the, we do um, have greater ability in, in numbers. Definitely it's about problem solving and think that's where we feel very comfortable being designers and when like students come up to us and say, oh, I really want to start my own business, what's your advice? Besides the practicalities, we think you can make things for the sake of making for sure and there's a place for that. But if you're thinking about bringing your passion into business, really be quite sure that you're not just designing in a linear way and make sure that you are trying to solve a problem. Thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been wonderful to sit down and have this chat. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Thank you for Thank having you. us. <laughs> That's Angela, Juliana and Rowena Fung. You can see their work on our website along with all 30 finalists in the Make Award. And we've got links to High Tea with Mrs Wu there too. Go to australiandesigncentre.com slash podcast. In the next episode of Object, you'll meet contemporary jewellery artist Julie Blyfield. I've looked at lots of plant collections in herbariums and I noticed often the plants were stitched onto the accession cards. That gave me the idea of how I was actually going to construct my work. Object Stories of Design and Craft is an Australian Design Centre podcast produced by Jane Curtis with sound engineering by John Jacobs. If you enjoyed listening, please tell your friends and colleagues about this episode or let us know on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.